Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Primal Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, and anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we have Elizabeth Baldwin Lodge. She is an actress, interior designer, personal motivator, and family proclaimed fabulous home chef. She has television and film credits from Days of Our Lives to The Bold and the Beautiful, to name a few. She also designs residential interiors and was voted one of the design minds of the year in 2010. But here to discuss her new book, which is a lovely, uh, I think this is one of the best gifts to give someone, but it's called Simple Suggestions. Suggestions to nourish the mind, body, and spirit. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Al. Pleasure to be here. I love this book. It is like this to me would be such, and and you mentioned it too. It's it would be such a great book for someone who may need some fun suggestions to kind of move through a stuck pattern, or 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 you know they're going through maybe it's the end of a relationship or a change in life. I just think this is such a little great pick-me-up. Let's talk about how this book is arranged because it's really interesting. And it's sort of in a repetitive pattern form that it's just a lovely little kind of, I don't know, gosh, I really like this book. I think this would be a great book to give as a gift for people that need a pick-me-up. Thank you so much. I think I got the idea of how to format it or lay it out. I believe it was from a book I read a a long, long time ago when I was 18 years old called Illusions by Richard Bach. And somewhere in that book, he suggests to open this book randomly and whatever page you land on, perhaps that's a sign that that's what you're meant to read that day or follow that insight that day. And so I kind of thought in offering simple suggestions, that's kind of how I wanted to do it. So the book has no order to it. Open it up, read one of the the mind questions to en- enhance our knowledge, which, al- which always makes me feel better. Perhaps the recipe that day uh, sounds good. Perhaps it doesn't. Flip to another page. And then also the the uplifting quote and then the daily activity that kind of helped helped me all of these things helped me move my negative thought patterns into more positive thinking and that could just be to take my mind off whatever was going on um so that's kind of why i formatted it in that that way and let's talk about that motivation to then spread that kind of mindfulness in some ways. What motivated you to go down this road versus, you know, writing a book about anything else? I just found that we as human beings can start obsessing on our thoughts and through um, my practice and my spirituality and and various courses and seminars I've taken, I've realized that our thoughts do create our emotional uh, well or ill being, um, that thoughts actually do come first. Thoughts create the emotion and create the feeling. Um, 
And so sometimes it's very difficult to move off those repetitive negative thoughts, or at least they were for me. And as you had mentioned earlier, whether it's the breakup of a relationship or, I mean, some people can obsess if somebody cuts them off driving. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Sure. And then they go tell 10 people that day that, you know, that this happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, propels and uh, it just, it's the snowball effect. So I wanted to write this because doing these simple things helped me move my thoughts off this repetitive negative thinking. Um, and I, you know, I just, from the little things, like I mentioned, you know, taking the salt bath, it's just the little things that stop the mind chatter. Um, so I just thought it was great. And I just, I just thought, um, I don't know. It came to me one day, to be honest with you, Elle, I was sitting, um, I remember when it was, it was on, uh, a Sunday about two years ago. And I thought it just, these three things came into my mind to learn something, eat something, do something to uplift yourself. And that's kind of how it started. And I, I just wanted, yeah, and it's such a, they're small little tips, right? It's a, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's a it's a bite size. You don't have to jump into a full novel to get a little bit of awareness and spirituality for your day. And I think I I wanted also to to make it for the masses, so to speak. Um, you and I used to obviously I well not obviously to the to the listeners, but I used to live in Malibu and 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 Los Angeles, and I I I, cr- I miss it, and I and I crave the 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 group there that is so in, that's so spiritually inclined i don't know by nature that's why we all gravitate there but now having lived in naples florida for the ta- last 10 years i have found that there's such a void in in feel good self help spiritual um in, in the community here Um, so I I kind of wanted to write something and name it simple for people that this is really new to, like that our thoughts create a reality. This is really new to a lot of people, um, believe it or not. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's the basics. It is really just the basics to, to introduce people perhaps to, to then more profound literature out there. And I, mention, I think, in my acknowledgments at the beginning of the book, you know, a litany of other people to read. So yeah, I like it. It's not shoving any kind of spirituality or, or, you know, pushing mindfulness on anybody. And I agree with that. It's almost like this could be sort of like the, the, the gateway book, right? If someone were maybe, you know, and a person who's down and out or negative or needs a change of attitude, and maybe you found it for yourself, but you know, sometimes, trying to impart what you've learned and what's changed your life to someone else can backfire. As we all know, we've all tried to convince someone to, you know, Hey, I found this new thing I like, and they're, you know, resistant to it. But this is again, like for the masses and it's so simple and lovely that no matter what religion you are, what belief you have, this is applicable for everybody. And it is a great little way to maybe start that process or even that conversation. I thank you. Yes. I, I, that was my intent. So yes. Um, and, you know, just a little bit of feedback I've gotten. Well, I don't really cook. And, you know, what do recipes have to do? Well, what I found is that 
chopping things and preparing things and cooking things is in itself creative for me. So it doesn't matter whether you cook or don't cook. It's, it's just something else we all have to eat, you know? So it's just, it's another activity that occupies our thoughts and shifts them off, you know, whatever may be going on that's, that's feeling unpleasant because of it. So Hence, that was the idea of putting recipes in. It, it's time-consuming, shifts our thoughts, and creative at the same time. And it clearly doesn't matter if you're a great chef or not a great chef. These are, you know, again, simple recipes. Yeah, and they're, they're paleo, primal, gluten-free, and everything in between. There's, there's a variety. Um, obviously, most are healthy. Uh, they are really great, and they are simple. I also love um, the idea of, the, you know, like you said, like the chopping, the process, and then if you're doing something new, now you're just activating your brain and it's a different experience. And one of the other things I love about your book is the suggestions, like you have a, I won't go through all of them, but you know, other than sort of a gratitude list or some things, one of the things I love that you put in there is you're like, try a random ethnic restaurant. You know, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I've randomly tried something new like that. And I think that that, you know, those things are what people in neuroscience say are important. You know, take a new route home, try something new, switch it up. And so even by doing a simple new recipe that may not take too long, you are still also activating that part of your brain and also doing these, you know, getting outside yourself. It's not too difficult to go get some food from a random ethnic restaurant. You don't even need to sit there. You could probably order out and try it. But, you know, just the unique experience of doing something new and outside your comfort zone. And that really does help people. Yeah. I think so. I mean, everything that I've put in the book has helped me personally. So I thought, well, if it helps me and if I could help one other person, why not? So I feel good about it. I do. Let's talk about your your spiritual journey here in LA. Well, you we your I met you through Mark and Carrie Sisson, and I know you've known them for a long time. And you were probably a part of that. She's got a big group of friends and a real spiritual group because a lot of them graduated from USM with a master's degree in spiritual psychology. And uh, so I, I know that group you speak of. And I want to just ask you when in your life or what was the impetus where you had that moment of like, you know what, my thoughts are responsible for what's happening in my life and I need to start to monitor them. Where did that idea first come from? Was it a book? Was it a class? Um, Give us, you know, when did your life make that shift? Honestly, I made that shift when I was 18 years old, again, after I read this book, Illusions, um, and how our thoughts actually can manifest and materialize anything we want. So quite a long time ago. However, throughout the course of my life, I found myself forgetting that and having to re-remember that my thoughts are creating, you know, again, the ill or well-being in my life. But it, it did start a long time ago. And then I think what really hit home um, was Carrie Sisson and I went to a three principles conference in London, England, about a year ago, and um, which is all about how your thoughts create your reality. And so that kind of really then made it rock bed for me that, yes, I have to constantly re-remember this principle and, and really remember to apply it as often as I can. So 
although I had started the book two years ago after this three principles conference that I attended with Carrie, I kind of shifted it a little bit and rewrote the introduction and changed a lot of uh, the uplifting quotes that were a little more applicable to to this concept or what I think is, you know, not not even just a theory, but is, you know, my truth. So, but it really did start when I was about 18 years old reading this book. It's, again, a simple story. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's quite, it really is a simple little brilliant story that Richard Bach wrote. I will definitely look into it. That sounds really interesting. Um, one of the, uh, another thing I want to mention about some of the activities is, you know, they're not all money-based either. Like I, I'd love also the suggestion of just browse through a bookstore. You know, honestly, I haven't done that for a while myself, even being a writer, <laughs> just haven't walked into one recently and kind of taken a stroll around and that can be so much fun. And you can learn so much just through a stroll. Like you can walk out and have learned so many things, you know, going to different sections, just reading even backs of books, um, even learning about concepts, even if you don't delve into it further and buy the book. So I love that suggestion, you know, all of these things you can do to sort of open up your mind, change your atmosphere and, and, and just put new ideas in there because, you know, we all, right. We've all been there where you're going through your day. It's routine. It's, it's boring. You're the same, same old, same old, you know, and then it does feel good when you do switch it up. Um, but you can do it on a small level on a regular basis. Absolutely. I, I just, I don't know. I've always loved bookstores and there aren't many around anymore, but, but there are, you know, that you can find them and it's, I don't know, they're just the energy in, in a bookstore, just, you know, to, to kind of go along with what you're saying with that suggestion. Yeah, I love it. Um, two other ones, just staying on the point that are simple little things, punctuality, being on time is so appreciated by the person that is, that you're meeting. I, I just find that, you know, a number one thing that all of us need to do every day. Thank you so much for mentioning that. <laughs> I am a huge stickler about people being late. Like it is one of my pet peeves. If people are chronically late, uh, it's one of the easiest things to manage in life is time actually, <laughs> you know, and, uh, past the age of 20, you know, you should get it together. But I remember having a conversation once with a friend who was chronically 20 minutes late to meet me for a hike. And that hike was equidistant from her house, right? So we had been doing this hike for years and I was always waiting 15, 20 minutes. Finally, I just had a conversation with her and I said, would you be late to meet with Steven Spielberg? Uh, doubt it. And she was like, well, of course. She goes, of course not. And I go, well, then why are you late to meet me? Because I treat everyone like they're Steven Spielberg. Or whatever, you know, insert name here, right? Of Steve, right, Steve, right. whoever, and um, King of England, whatever, you know. Um, and and I really do, I really do. I value everyone's time. It is such an important, respectful thing. And so, if you're one of those people out there who can't get that together, that is like a priority because it is a reflection of who you are, and also the trust in you. People, you know, when you're on time and you're punctual and you do what you say you're going to do, when you're going to say you're going to do it, you know, that breeds respect, admiration more opportunities, more, more trust in one. And, and it's just, I I'm with you on that. That's something that everybody can get it together on. Absolutely. Your own just personal integrity. It's, it's, it's key to me. That's another one that I, I just really loved my, and it is, that is a simple thing to do. So yes. What was the other one? You were going to bring up something else. Oh, um, the other, other one was, uh, I, I, I listed under move over and it's another one like like TikTok, be punctual, is 
and you can very much relate to this in the Los Angeles traffic, move over, let people merge onto the road. <laughs> oh my God, that's hysterical. Yeah, well, we're dealing with that a lot here. <laughs> but And I deal with that a lot in Naples. Um, it's just, I don't, I just don't get, they don't want to, when you're merging onto a freeway or even just at an intersection, I just find so many people just don't want to extend the generosity of just switching to the other lane so you can get in and join the traffic. It's just unfathomable to me, but it's true. So that's the other little suggestion. I'm like, move over for the people merging. Oh, I don't know. It's simple, but it's. Yeah. Or just be, yeah. Even when you're on the road, you know, just be a little bit nicer. It's interesting that you mentioned that because then the contrast of that is, and I'm sure if you've been, you might've experienced it, but if you go to Hawaii not only are people driving slow, but no one honks. Like it's very rare that someone would honk because it's a small island, you know everybody, and you just, you know, it would could cause a problem. But also people are just so nice. Like someone will keep letting someone in for so long, like 10 cars. And you're like, oh my gosh, this would never happen in LA. Only someone would allow one car to go by them and then they go. And in Hawaii, everyone's like so nice. They're like, go ahead, whatever, we're chilling. You know, it's just such a different vibe. And when you get there, you know, and you're still in LA driving mode and then you got to like, go. what am I doing? Why am I still in stressed out mode? But I agree with you. I like doing little nice things like that for people on the road. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's like a little, little tiny skosh of being of service and just doing a nice thing. Absolutely. We need to, we all need to be on Island time, right? Just chill. And it's life flows much easier. Um, did you mention, um, I wrote this down here um, about receiving compliments. Ah, yes. I want to talk about that because, you know, that's been something over the years I'm sure a lot of people have struggled with. I have myself. You know, there's times someone pays me a compliment and you deflect it or you even say, oh, no, I this old thing or, oh, please, I'm actually having a bad hair day or like, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, which which is kind of a smack to the person that paid you the compliment, but also just getting used to just accepting it. It's tough, right? What is that? It is tough. I, and I, and a lot of people, and I think I used to, um, struggle with the same thing when somebody would give me a compliment, I would have to deflect it or, or not accept it. But, um, one way I found of getting over being able to receive compliments is to give them to give compliments. So the more you, the more you give somebody else a compliment and admire in somebody else, you know, I think it can be a reflection back to you. I found then, then it was easier for me to accept them. So, and it really does brighten somebody's day, you know, no matter what, find something, you know, to compliment them on or, whether it's a coworker or a perfect stranger, as I mentioned in the book, you know, a perfect stranger gave me a compliment and said, I looked like one of my favorite all time movie stars. And it really did. I, I mean, it made my day. I had to tell, you know, five people <laughs> to share my, <laughs> so excited. Yeah. I was so excited. Oh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think everybody wants to feel loved and uh, and appreciated and compliment complimenting people. I think you know certainly one way of 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 giving and sharing to to each other, and it's so easy and simple. <laughs> it really is. 
It is. I, I wanted to actually ask you, as an interior designer, I mean, obviously our environments are very important to us, and, you know, in a lot of ways. I remember even in my dorm room in college, I'd probably rearrange the actual room like 10 times because it was just fun to have like a new environment or a new setup. And you know what I mean? You know, that I'm sure that's probably how you got into the game because that's, that's really fun. And, you know, for people that don't have a lot of money and maybe, you know, again, going through change and looking to kind of up it, I was just thinking, you know, little things you can do around the house, even if that's maybe cut out a picture from a magazine and get a cheap frame and put that in there or like getting a new plant or maybe just new drapes. Like what are some really cheap or, or free inexpensive ways someone can kind of, you know, change up an atmosphere um, if they want sort of a new environment without having to do the full thing? What I find in most homes that I go into that do want a simple cost-effective change, the first thing I suggest to them um, and they may take it personally, but it shouldn't be is to declutter. I find a lot of people have too much. And if you clear out this, if you clear out the space, it clears out your whole energy field. It makes the room appear and feel more open. And space is so important in interior design, like just open space so many people feel, well, what should I put on that wall? Well, what should I put there? And nine times out of 10, I'll, I will say nothing. It doesn't need anything in that <laughs> space. We just need space. So that's one simple thing that you can do. Um, paint color is another, you know, and even if it's a, um, uh, a DIY paint job, you know, it's not that difficult to paint a wall, maybe make an accent wall of a different color to the, the paint color scheme you have going. Um, yeah, I painted the back of a door uh, in my little cottage and I just didn't like the color of the door and I just went and got a cheap $5 can of whatever. I mean, it was really inexpensive and I just painted the door and it just makes a whole, it, it, I painted it like almost a Caribbean turquoise blue, like one of my favorite colors. And boy, it just brightens up and makes the whole space so much different. And all it was literally was painting one side of a door. Um, yeah. Or you could just paint a piece of furniture, you know, um, or get a piece of furniture from Goodwill that's $7, you know, cause you can get a dresser for that much at a Goodwill and then paint it. Um, I've known lots of friends who've done that and it's turned out amazing, like something even more beautiful that they could buy. Absolutely. And it's creative and makes you feel good while you're doing it. Um, so, yes, that's another thing. Um, pillows. You know, sometimes just changing the pillows on your sofa can brighten a room. So That's there, a good one. Yeah, there are simple things that... Um, that that you can that you can do rearranging your furniture as you mentioned in your dorm room is another one you know um i find that a lot of clients think that all furniture needs to go against a wall and it doesn't furniture can be all placed in the center of a room it doesn't have to go against walls um and that also that's interesting that's a good interesting tip because that is something that i can see would naturally logically follow with a lot of people you're just putting it up against things versus looking at a different way to arrange that space absolutely so furniture in any living space can be all centered in the center and then you create the space around it so you're almost creating a room inside of a room which again creates the illusion of more space um, that's another thing that um, that one can do. So there are 
little things that on a, on a budget that can just change the look. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I just thought of a couple more, uh, just a couple other things I thought were kind of interesting, like dimmer switches, just dimming lights. It can change an environment. And also I was thinking about Mark and Carrie's house and the, the, their stack level of candles, their candle supply, <laughs> um, not just real candles, but electric candles can be really cheap. Right. And I actually have a bunch of electric candles in my in my place and they're on timers and it's great because at a certain time of day they all light up and it's, you know, and I don't have to keep buying candles and wasting the wax and that kind of really changes the environment. And if people come over to my place in the evening, they're like, Oh, it's always so, so cozy. And it's because I have it dimmed and, you know, creating atmosphere through lighting and that can be a cheap way to do it too. Absolutely. I just wanted to throw that, out that, that actually is the number one rule in design is lighting, lighting, lighting. It's so important. So that is an excellent suggestion. Yeah. Every light needs to be on a dimmer, in my opinion, in every room. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so, I'm so with you. Uh, I remember when they redid the kitchen at Mark's house and they hadn't put the dimmers in, and I remember saying, "Uh oh, this, this has such a change. <laughs> this has a change. We need dimmers." Um, what would you say? What would you say to someone who's out there and you know maybe they are in a negative spiral or they can't get out of their negative thinking and you know they're just being a downer to oneself? Well, aside from obviously your book and and reading that and that will definitely help. But what would you suggest to that person to start to be aware of that thinking or what kind of tips would you, you know, someone who's new to like, Hey, I'm, I know I'm not thinking right and I'm negative, but I don't know how to get out of it. The number one thing I think that you should do is breathe. If you can stop, if you can stop yourself even for 30 seconds and breathe. And if you can focus on breath for 30 seconds, then you can do it another 30 seconds because it's the breath that will calm you, calm the thoughts. And as you're thinking about it, brings oxygen into the body. That would be the number one thing I would suggest, especially if you're, you know, caught in this tailspin is just stop for 30 seconds and take deep breaths. Um, and, and just find, find your own happy, you know, find your own, suggestions, find your own, what makes you happy. You know, these are just things that have, that have helped me. Um, but everybody, if you could sit down and write, even if it's only three things that when you're doing them or thinking about them, make you feel better, you know, it's one step at a time. Um, and write it down. You know, the written word is, you know, as powerful, if not more powerful than the spoken word. So, um, those are a few suggestions and I have to, you know, I find myself having to stop and breathe. Okay. <sighs> breathe. <laughs> and it just, you know, it, it helps shift. It helps shift those thoughts in that exact moment. I love it. Tell us, tell us, um, you, I, you are, I, I've, I've met you in person and I can say that you are again, a lot like Carrie and some of her friends, which is just uh, the epitome of an incredible example of aging beautifully and gracefully and staying healthy and young. And so tell us, you know, because what, what is, what's your, what's your normal regimen, right? I mean, I, I know you, you eat healthy and you're mindful of that, but what's, what's your routine like? Um, I, like you had mentioned, um, earlier, I get up, I get up quite early. I usually get up between, um, five 30 and six 30 every day and lay in bed for five to 10 minutes and, uh, 
what they call they, you'll say, who is they? I think it might be, I don't know if it was Wayne Dyer or Abraham Hicks, but it doesn't matter what I call seg, what they call segment intent. So I think I sit in and before I get out of bed, think about how my, how I would like my day to go, visualize, imagine, uh, how I'd like my day to go. And then I drink water first thing. And then I get up and I, I do drink coffee, uh, uh, sometimes green tea, and I will uh, sit and just kind of chill out. And I usually get to watch the sunrise. <laughs> Never been a person that sleeps in. And I try to read a chapter of some book that inspires me every morning. Um, and then I... I try to work out every day, which I, I, I admit I don't, but at least three to four days a week. And that can consist of bike riding, a yoga class, just power walk. Sometimes I go to the gym. Um, I like to paddleboard, uh, things like that. And then, and then I start my work day. So whatever I have on, whether it's an interior design job or, you know, for the last couple of years, trying working on the book. Um, and I'm also doing real estate now. So just kind of kind of doing it all. So then my, my day consists of that. And I am the most productive, certainly work wise, between nine and one. I feel and, you on that one. <laughs> and then. Um, and I've been doing some research in, in reading, and it's not just me. Everybody needs a, a reboot in the afternoon. I think that's why so many Europeans, you know, have a, have, a, have nap time after after lunch. But so, and I'm one of those. I need to reboot. So um, a lot of times, that's when I'll do my meditation. Actually, is in the afternoon. I know a lot of people suggest doing it in the morning. But I find doing a meditation in in my afternoon time um, kind of reboots me. Yeah, what a great because if you've already done some mindfulness activities in the morning and then you go about your day, you know your mind's go go, and then you are kind of bringing it back and reining it back into that morning time, doing a little meditation in the afternoon. I do, and and sometimes you know the meditation will go into a twenty minute power nap, and then I am I'm rebooted to. Uh, to prepare for the afternoon. And then, you know, later in the day, I'll check emails and then, and then the cooking begins. <laughs> then <laughs> start thinking about, Ooh, what do I want to prepare for dinner? <laughs> Cause I do love food. I, I admit I love food. Food is a good thing. So that's pretty much the, the, the overall average day. That I have you, the first part of your day is exactly what uh, I was just interviewed and um, it was in this article and they were talking about you know what do you do first part of the morning and in the first couple minutes were exactly what I said which is I lay in bed and I, I do the intention or I'm just grateful I have a moment where I do a body scan I'm just like oh my gosh I have my arms my legs my feet you know I'll do yes. a little bit of that and then maybe put an intention then I get up and even I do I do a glass of water right right off the bat and then I. I'll have coffee, but I, I like this. I do a little daydreaming. I do a little like before things get turned on, you know, and, um, and emails start going. Uh, it's nice to take a little bit of time in the morning. Sometimes we just bolt right out of bed, go, go, go. And those days aren't always the best days. No, I find those days I have to uh, reboot much earlier and say, okay, wait, stop, <laughs> start over. Yes. 
Yeah, no. Let us know. Um, so your, your website is Elizabeth Baldwin Lodge, L O D G E dot com, and your book, uh, Simple Suggestions to Nourish the Mind, Body, and Soul. Tell us where we can find you um, on social media and how we can connect with you or, you know, give us, give us the pathway to your info. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm on Facebook um, at Elizabeth Baldwin Lodge. Instagram, I'm Elizabeth5th. Um, the book is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and BalboaPress.com. Great. Thank you so much. This is, again, I, I, I suggest everyone look into this. This is kind of one of those things you might want to buy 10 of and then like give to all of your friends <laughs> as a little, as a little addition to a birthday gift or a little Christmas gift. It is just, it's a really lovely little, uh, sort of sweet gesture to make to any, any friend or family member. So thank you so much for writing it and thanks for joining us. Um, anything you'd like to leave our audience with before we go? Oh no, just uh, blessings to everybody. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, L. I really, really appreciate it. And it was wonderful speaking with you today. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. And I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network of primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness. Becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love, inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness. If you dream of a career in health coaching but have been held back by worries such as the investment of time and money, then I encourage you to hesitate no longer. Health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching. And we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace. The world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis. The world needs you. Are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted, experienced, and knowledgeable health coaches? To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit PrimalHealthCoach.com and subscribe.